Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey. David Begin of Begin Insights and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. Also with me today is David Begin, the host of the Car Wash, the podcast. Uh, David, welcome to this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me, Henry. Appreciate it. So tell us just briefly, and we'll get into the topic of this episode, but the formerly The How of Car Washing has been renamed to Car Wash the Podcast, correct? Yeah, so we started a partnership with the International Car Wash Association and Car Wash Magazine. And so based on that, we're uh, kind of falling in the line with their content development that they do for Car Wash Magazine. And part of that's going to be the podcast. And so we uh, went into a little bit of rebranding, and the new name is Car Wash, comma, the pod- podcast. And you can find it in the exact same location where you found the um, how of car washing. The how of car washing. There we go. <laughs> it hadn't been that long ago. Almost forgot. But um, but if you if you go to iTunes or anything else, it just automatically has switched over. So if you see that new logo, uh, same podcast. All the all the podcasts that we've done in the past, 124 of them are available still. Um, and we'll just add new content as we go along. Wonderful. All right. Having said that, uh, this is a, a very serious topic episode that David and I decided is important to start doing a series of these as we are all obviously impacted by the coronavirus. And so I thought it appropriate for us to start speaking to this from a small business owner's perspective, sharing with you our ideas, information that we've gathered and encouraging you to do the same. So I'll try to do a weekly episode as much as possible. We're obviously both David and I dealing with these, uh, the ramifications of this new situation as all of you listening are. And, and I figure for all of you, this is top of mind, certainly for our families and for our businesses. So um, these are tough times, David, emotionally, uh, emotionally and, and physically. And uh, it's, taken, it's taken quite a toll on me and on my family, certainly. Yeah, I, it's extraordinary times. And even for those of us who sort of work on our mindset and mental state, I'm finding it to be challenging. So I can imagine the people that don't do that are really suffering right now. So, you know, we're going to also probably just do a podcast. Henry, I would recommend uh, doing a podcast maybe on how people can and how owners of businesses can kind of help their employees and their families uh, make sure that everybody is maintaining a good me- mental state. That's the thing I think that concerns me as much as anything is, you know, making sure everybody's not only physically healthy, but we've got to be mentally healthy through this because it's, it's going to be challenging. It could be even more challenging in the future. So yeah. as business owners and as leaders of your businesses and your families, it's really critical that we take time and, you know, show up as leaders and check in with our, our employees and our staff to make sure people are okay and let them have a conversation about their fears and their concerns and, uh, and, you know, just, just be there for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the word you use is the right one leadership. We, we have to be leaders, even though we're, we're looking for somebody to lead us as well, but, but we have to step up to it as small business owners on top of everything else that we have responsibility for. 
uh, we have to do that. And I think also you find that when you have those conversations, it not only helps the person you're talking to, but it helps you as well to, to speak, to talk through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it helps you talk through it. It helps them. You know, when people get in fear, they tend, then their brain sort of goes into the flight or flight mechanism and they start, start operating on that. Uh, what I, what I've heard called the, uh, lizard brain. Mm -hmm. So we're not using our thought process as much anymore. We're just reacting. And I think that's what you're seeing with people uh, going to Costco and going to the grocery store and buying massive amounts of things that they might not need right away. It's that lizard brain that's sort of taking control and everybody's acting out of fear right now. So if, you, if we can kind of stop that within our own realm of influence, it's going to be helpful. Agreed. So where I want to start with this episode is just sharing a few facts, because I think certainly from my perspective and personal opinion, one of the things that can exacerbate and has been exacerbating this situation is people's lack of confidence in what is the source of fact. So this, this piece of fact is from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. And I encourage everybody to go, if you haven't already, to that website as one of your sources of information on this, and that's at the cdc.gov. And so it's interesting because I, I think I had figured out what COVID-19 stood for, but just so everybody knows the fact on that. Uh, on February 11th of 2020, the World Health, or Health Organization, another organization which I personally trust, they're a world organization dedicated to these types of issues. They announced an official name for the disease that is causing this 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak which as we now know was first identified in Wuhan, China. So the name is, is broken up of the COVID is the CO stands for Corona, the VI for virus and the D for disease, hence the acronym COVID. And 19 refers to 2019 when it was first novel, meaning new, and that's how they came up with the COVID-19 name. There are many types of human coronaviruses, including some that commonly cause mild upper respiratory tract illnesses. Uh, but COVID-19 is a new disease caused by, again, novel, which means new coronavirus that has not previously been seen in humans. So I thought that was worth sharing just that piece of yeah. fact. Yeah. No, I think that's good. And I think the more facts we know, the better. Correct. Uh, so how the virus spreads, there's a lot, of course, that has been discussed on this and a lot that's being discovered as we go because it is a new virus. But there's some things that the, the, the people who I think we should believe, the scientists, the doctors, the CDC, the World Health Organization, what they're saying right now is that the virus is thought mostly to spread from person to person. So between people who are in close contact within one another, about six feet or so, hence the whole social distancing and staying about six feet away from people. And we'll talk about how, how do we employ that or how do, we, um, how do we do that in a work environment, in our small business environment. So we'll come back to that. And the way it spread is through respiratory droplets, little like when we speak, we're always emitting these little pieces of, of, um, of spit, for lack of a more <laughs> proper word. And when we cough and when we sneeze, and if those if we're in close proximity, those droplets can fall on our mouths, our noses, and that's how we then inhale it into our lungs. And that's to, believed to be the primary way that someone can, uh, 
catch the virus. It, it may be possible that people can also catch it by touching a surface or an object that has the virus on it. And then we touch our mouth, our nose, or possibly our eyes. But the doctors and the scientists are saying right now that this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. It's mostly being spread if I am near someone who has it or is, who, is, who is contagious and they sneeze, they cough, they you know, spit, whatever the case might be, and then I catch it. So that's, that's the facts as we know it today. Anything to add to that, David? No, that's all great information because I, you know, there is a lot of misinformation. And I, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe you can pick it up off of surfaces. That's probably not the most common. Right. It appears right now that that is not, that doesn't mean like I, I'm sanitizing my hand and I'm conscious of surfaces that I touch. And certainly that's one of the reasons we need to stay home if possible and sanitize surfaces, especially since, you know, there were early reports about how long the virus could live on different surfaces. Right. They're not saying that that is false. They're, they're saying that that is likely not how it's mostly being spread. So the symptoms, I think everybody has heard this. And in fact, you probably have heard of the top three or the three things you have to do before you might even be considered for a test. And those are a fever, a cough. I had initially heard a dry cough, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. A fever, a cough, and shortness of breath. Since what uh, my understanding of what ends up potentially killing us with this virus is that respiratory, those rep respiratory issues. Yeah? yeah. So if you've got those three symptoms, then, then you should have already contacted your doctor or gone to an emergency room or whatever your access to healthcare might be. Um, so prevention, one of the big things I want to talk about and is so important. I mean, I think, you know, if there are some benefits to this is we're all going to learn how to wash our darn hands, right? But hand washing is the perhaps the single most important thing we can do to help uh, spread and uh, to catch the, the virus ourselves. And, and soap is good. So you don't have to have a disinfectant like a hand sanitizer. Soap and water will work, but you have to wash properly, right? Yes. And, and so hand sanitizer was really used for when you're in an area probably that you can't wash your hands. It just gives you the quick ability to kill a lot of germs. And I, I think people have kind of overreacted about hand sanitizer thinking it was the end all be all. Mm -hmm. I think you're better off washing your hands. And then if you get, get, get caught in a place you don't have, you don't, don't can't wash your hands or whatever. That's where I think the, 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 the portable hand sanitizer comes in, comes into play. Yeah. That's such an important qualifier. I think David, so I, I've been trying to use it like after I get it back in my car from having gone in somewhere to the grocery store or whatever, because again, I'm a, I'm concerned about contacting things, surfaces. But yeah, I, I think that we have this misconception that sanit hand sanitizer is better than, than soap and water. Yeah. And the, the other thing I would tell you is take care of your hands too, because you're washing it probably more than you used to. Great point. And so one thing we're finding, especially at our altitude, is our hands dry out pretty, pretty quickly. So just, you know, take an opportunity, use lotion if you can. We've actually got these cotton gloves at our house that we use some really thick type of lotion at night. And then we sleep in these cotton gloves. And it really overnight helps rejuvenate our hands quite a bit. So yeah, intensive care. Yeah, you have that challenge in Colorado. Fortunately, we're getting out of winter in that regard, which makes it even worse with that dry air. But but the altitude and the dry air are really, it's a good point. And I've noticed it even myself, and I've been in 
in uh, lower levels, uh, more moist climates, and it's still, it can lead to irritation of the hands if nothing else. Yeah, and if you're finding you're using a lot of d disinfectant, your hands are going to get irritated as well. That's right, more so than, than a good soap that might have already built into it uh, a lotion component or some kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, a little less harsh on your skin, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So, Washing your hands properly. You've been you've been teaching this to to your employees in the past, early in the car wash business, and and it's amazing how many people don't know how to wash their hands properly. And I have to admit that even as myself, if I initially as I was counting, am I washing them for twenty seconds, which is the recommended rule? I, I probably wasn't on a consistent basis. So let's talk about that and and what we've done with our employees to help them learn how to properly wash their hands. The CDAs has given some great guidelines on that. Yeah, and I've got, I'm going to put a link to a video that I just watched earlier today that the CDC has on their website. It's, it actually wasn't put together for the virus. It was just a generic how to wash your hands video, and it debunks a lot of the myths. Uh, even, for example, if you don't have soap, is water enough? It's not great, but if you rub hands together with water enough time and then properly dry it, that helps. The uh, hot versus cold water doesn't really matter. So that's just a matter of the, the heat really is more to try to, to break down grease that you might have in your hands if that's what you've gotten your hands dirty with. But it doesn't matter whether it's cold or hot as far as killing the virus. It's yeah. that soap and it's the length of time that you wash your hands. One of the things I've been doing since I, I would probably have classified myself as a speed hand washer prior to this, <laughs> is too. I've just been washing twice to, to kind of get me to that 20 seconds. Oh, okay. Okay. So, the, I mean, really go, go out and go out to the link and watch the video because I think it's important. We probably need to teach employees how to wash their hands uh, because all of us are probably um, not the best at that. You know, if you remember how if you've seen shows where surgeons are washing their hands, they're washing every aspect, they're washing the backs of them, they're washing them between their fingers. Um, I also heard stick your thumb out and take your other hand and, and roll your hand around your thumb, mm, okay. which cleans, cleans your thumb pretty well, but it also cleans the inside of your hand that you're, you're rubbing. So, I mean, the, the key is sing happy birthday twice. Do they talk about that in the video? No, no, but that's a good, that's a good tip. Yeah, I used to sing happy birthday once, and then I said, oh, no, no, you need to sing it twice. So if, if you're not sure what seconds is, you know, come up with something that you like that's 20 seconds long. You might want to use it as an opportunity to memorize something. If you've got nothing, then just sing happy birthday twice, and that should give you at least the 20 seconds. But I was a speed washer, too. I thought, well, if I got soap on it and I rubbed it a little bit, that would be fine. And I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion that we haven't washed our hands thoroughly and properly. Yeah, exactly. So as employers, we need to do that. We need to teach our employees and, and again, approach it as, listen, you may know how to do this, but I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page on what I mean by washing your hands. So let's, let's practice. Let, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think that's, we have that responsibility as employers and hopefully then in part, they'll take that home and continue that practice and maybe share that at home. Right. All right. So avoiding contact is a big one, of course, like we said, according to how we believe right now that the virus is transmitted. So you want to avoid close contact with people who are sick, obviously. Put distance between yourself and other people uh, so that, you know, that's a whole social distancing thing. But how do we implement that in the work environment? And that gets challenging. I think 
we'll say it a couple of times that the number one thing we have to do as employers, as business owners, is we have got to implement a policy right away that tells our people that if they're sick, they need to stay home. That's the biggest thing right now, in my opinion, David. Yeah, I would agree. And I think one of the things that you should do as an employer is ask how your employees are feeling. Probably if you're still open every day, you should be asking how they're feeling. So the challenge is going to be, and this is, you know, we're just discussing this real time, is, you know, you're, you're balancing that employee desperately needs their hours and they, they, you know, they might be the sole provider in their household. And so they're afraid of losing their job. They're afraid that if they're sick, you're going to fire them. I don't know. How, how are you seeing people deal with that? Because I think that's such a tough situation between us as employers and small business owners and our employees who are afraid of what's going to happen here. Yeah, I think the government came out with a act last week that will allow employers to recoup some money if they have to send an employee home. So I don't, I don't remember what that act is, but I remember seeing that. So the government's trying to back us up if we have to send someone home. I think we've got an obligation, and this is just my opinion, we've got an obligation as business owners to give people paid time off if they feel like they're in this situation. One of the concerns I've heard is people are concerned that employees will abuse this, but I think we've got to lean toward the side of conservatism to let our employees know that it's okay to come to the manager and say, I'm not feeling well, I think I might have symptoms, and then have them have them, uh, have them go home. You have to send them home. There's no way if we're going to cut down the spread of this, you can't have somebody who's showing system symptoms or who has been knowingly exposed to, to the virus. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a small business situation. OSHA does have some standards that I was reading about how to isolate, isolate uh, contaminated employees, but that's in large, you know, manufacturing environments, I suppose, which is not what we're speaking to here, right? Right, right. Um, if, you, if you're in those organizations, you need to be you're getting the proper information. But for us small business owners, where we're in, in, in close proximity to each other in small work environments, there's no way around it. Yeah, and I, I would say from a car wash perspective, if you're a full service car wash, it's going to be difficult to do. I, I, don't, I don't know how you do that. And maybe somebody, if they have an idea on how they're doing it, I'd love to hear that. I think with an exterior express car wash, I think you can probably keep people separated. I would make sure there's not more than one person in the break room at any given time, one person in the customer service area, and one person loading. Uh, I would You can keep people separate when you only have three or four people working. So just make sure you're keeping separate and do not congregate in the break room. Do not congregate outside and do not congregate in the customer service area. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I, along the lines of what I think we're responsible for, and this is a challenge and we're all, I know personally, depending on every hour, when you find me, I'm either in the dumps or excited about what I'm going to try to do, right? I'm, I'm going through the whole roller coaster of emotions on an hourly basis. And, but as small business owners, we, we got to try to manage the current situation, which is what we're going to try to stay focused on in this episode. And then in following episodes, we'll talk more about, okay, what do we think is coming and what are some ideas for how to prepare for that? But we've got to stay informed. We've got to get the facts. Uh, we mentioned the cdc.org, uh, cdc.org. Yeah, no, cdc.gov, sorry. cdc.gov is a great website. There's also been a an exclusive website created by the government in combination with the CDC and it's coronavirus.gov. 
And so that's another great site that has some consolidated information. And then, of course, every state, and even in some cases like New York City as an example, every city, it might be issuing mandates that you have to adhere to, at least be aware of as a small business owner. So it's upon you, the business owner, to stay informed and try to get the, the best facts possible from these types of sites. Most state websites, if not every single state website, has a page dedicated to this. So that's a great source as well to start with. Um, and then I would go to your city website if, if that's uh, the situation that best applies to you. Some, again, some of this is repetitive, but some of the minimum guidelines for people in general, whether it's, I'm an employee, an employer, or whatever, if you feel sick, you need to stay home. You don't go to work. You contact your medical provider. If your children are sick, keep them at home. Don't send them to school, although that's kind of become a moot point as all schools, I believe, have shut down now. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. If someone in your household has tested positive for the coronavirus, then the entire household needs to stay home. That means you don't go to work. If, you're, if you live in an extended family household and somebody in your family has been diagnosed, don't go to work you're likely going to be spreading the virus. If, of course, you're an older person, because as we have seen so far, older people tend to have a higher, higher probability to really get sick and die, they need to stay home. And if you're a person with any serious underlying health conditions, you already have certain situations that would lend you to be more susceptible to the risk, then you need to stay home as well. Yeah, and I think you really need to pay attention to what's going on in your state because Colorado was a little unique in that they found that the ski resort counties, such as Summit County, Eagle County, and there was one other, kind of became a hotbed for transmissions. And so they literally last a week ago, it seems like a lifetime ago, like on Saturday, they announced they were closing the ski resorts on Sunday to send everybody away. And then the next order came out that they're like they were going to shut down like Breckenridge, for example, is it was considered a hotbed. The town is literally shut down. So no businesses are open. Restaurants are open for takeout. But unless you're considered an essential service, you can't, you know, you can't wander Main Street and go into the shops and buy a T-shirt or go buy a ski helmet. Those are all shut down. And so if you go to Summit County or if you were in Summit County, the recommendation is you self-isolate yourself for 14 days. So my financial planner, who you know, Henry, um, was skiing last Saturday, and he and his family are self-isolating for 14 days. It, it, gets, it gets even, you know, it, it's just things like that that you might not be aware of that you need to kind of pay attention to. So go to your traditional sources of news. My recommendation, just from a health sanity standpoint, is put yourself on a social media diet and you know, really limit your exposure to certain channels that you feel might be sensationalized. I think, you know, Twitter might be considered that, except for certain sources. Facebook, with everybody posting their opinion, is might, might be another source of that. Just be very careful where you're going to look at your information. And since we're all kind of in this lizard brain state right now, we're searching for that information, right? Because we're, we're sensing danger, we're sensing fear. And so we're spending a lot of time on social media, which isn't helping our mental outlook, number one. But number two, we're also getting information that might not be accurate. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what I've been trying to do as well, right? So that's why 
a lot of these websites that we're mentioning, they simply stick to the facts and recommendations. It's not about any of the other craziness that can get associated and is being associated with all of this. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. I, I am also self-quarantining because <laughs> I'm not going to tell the long story, but we were in New York City uh, last through last Tuesday. And so we are self-quarantining ourselves because it turns out we were in one of the hotbeds for it. So yeah, I was up in Summit County yesterday, believe it or not, checking on our place up there. And that's, that's the interesting story. There's a friend of mine I was going to go flying this morning with who works for the Department of Defense at Trevor Air Force Base, which launches missiles and flies satellites and all those things. And I casually, we, we talked about flying this morning, and I casually mentioned that I was in Breckenridge yesterday, thank goodness, because if he is in contact with anybody from Summit County, he has to self-quarantine himself for 14 days and they're doing a missile launch on Thursday. He's got to be at Shriver Air Force Base. He's working from home right now, but he's got to be there, and he would not be able to be there in person. And so I could have really messed up his situation by not even casually mentioning that I was up in Summit County. Yeah, that, that really highlights the importance of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me summarize and add one more thing then. So recommended strategies for employees to use now. You have to actively encourage your sick employees to stay home. You need to have that conversation. Uh, we're gonna, we've issued a memo. We're going to issue another memo to clarify that so that there's no confusion. Again, there's going to be this, this really, I think one of the things that's challenging is this whole tension between, but I need the hours, but I'm not going to get paid, but you want me to stay home. So I, I might. So these are tough situations. I don't have all the answers. We're just saying, that's an important thing as an employer, as a business owner. We have to train our employees on how to avoid spreading the virus, including hand washing. And then, of course, goes perhaps without saying, but you got to perform that routine and more cleaning of the environment. So you want to speak to a bit about, as an example, what we've been doing at ITOPIT as far as cleaning goes, just generally? Yeah, so we're, we're certainly stepping up uh, sanitizing and disinfecting surfaces. Uh, we're teaching our employees how to wash their hands and requiring them to wash their hands pretty often. We changed the way we're operating our self-serve frozen yogurt store right now. So we are still allowing people to, to take out, but instead of the, the toppings bar, uh, we're actually putting our toppings in snack bags and we're handing them the bags. Uh, so, you know, we, we've changed the way we've done it to actually transition between being a dine-in facility to being a takeout facility. But, you know, we're also trying to make sure all our employees are stepping it up and, you know, making sure they're staying clean more often. In the car wash industry, are there any additional thoughts that you've had about uh, keeping the environment clean? When you touched on the break room and making sure people aren't congregating in the break room, that's part of the distancing. Any other thoughts or tips on cleanliness? Yeah, so a lot of car wash operators are like really disinfecting the pay stations. So they're cleaning those more often where customers are touching. If they're keeping their vacuum areas open, they're disinfecting the, the vacuum handles quite a bit. Um, you know, there are some people that are shutting down their vacuum areas. So they're just not allowing people to vacuum right now. They're keeping people in their cars. There's been talk about some car washes just allowing for monthly club members to come. So there's not any interaction with the pay station. They're just using the, the uh, license plate recognition technology or they're using the RFID tags. So that's something you can do as well. So there's literally no contact with that customer. So, you know, keeping, keeping the customer service area closed and letting people in. 
letting employees wear latex gloves or protective gloves is uh, is a, another one of those those things. So these are some recommendations that are coming out of the International Car Wash Association, and really it's kind of dependent on what your situation is in your car wash and what the local government, whether it's local government or state government, are requiring you to do. Okay, good. Those are some good tips. And that that all relates to what, what you should be doing if you haven't done it already, and you're probably going to have to do multiple iterations of it, is some kind of a plan. You have to put together some plan. What David did with our manager at I top it last week is they just put together a bullet point email that then got shared with everybody on how we were adjusting how we're serving our customers. Yeah. And we're going to continue to update that. We're going to continue to issue, issue uh, what we call read and signs in our environment where we publish some kind of information or a step or a procedure. And then every employee, when they come in for their shift has to read it and acknowledge it by signing it. That's one of the ways that we've always done uh, communication of new information to our staff. But you, you, you got to make sure you're communicating effectively and openly and as transparently as possible with your staff and with your customers and or clients. Right. So that's important. It's, 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 I get it. I, I know I have the tendency to want to bury my head and, and kind of see if this will blow over, but, but it's not, and we have to take action. Right. Right. Um, I know a partner of ours, Affinity HR, has some guidelines. You want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I'm going to give you the website address because I think it would be good for everybody to go out to it. Um, it's called affinityhrgroup.com. And if you go to their website, there's a, there's a, a selection for plan for COVID-19 workplace response. And I would really recommend that people read that because I think she, you know, the good, great thing about Affinity HR, we've used them in the car wash industry and they're, they're used in multiple industries, but they kind of act as a HR uh, clearinghouse and, and information for us. And when you need experienced HR people, whether you're hiring or recruiting or whether you have questions about what to do with employees, they kind of act as a third party consultant for a lot of car washes. And they're a partner of the International Car Wash Association. So go to the website affinityhrgroup.com. There's a link for plan for COVID-19 workplace response, but they got some uh, general recommendations um, on what you can do with your employees. And again, for car washing, it's difficult because it's an on-site activity. You can't send your employees home. Where my kids' companies right now, everybody's working from home. And so they're still able to do their jobs because their jobs can be done in the office or it can be done remotely. We have a real difficulty doing that, um, um, you know, in, in the car wash industry. But some of their general recommendations we can talk about, Henry. Yeah. I'm just looking at their website. Is if you yeah, have, is there a few, Are there a few things that stand out to you? I know you had mentioned a couple of things yeah, earlier. Yeah. So if you've got vulnerable employees, if you have older employees, if you've got people with chronic medical conditions, you've got women who are pregnant, you know, you might consider allowing them to stay home or granting them time off without any penalty. So, you know, we, I think we've got to do that as employers, you know, have a discussion with your employees, advise them to stay home, understand their situation. So talk to all your employees, see how they're doing, see if they have childcare issues, check if they need some extended leave, make sure that you're providing the tools necessary for a sanitary workplace. I know it's, it's a little difficulty to come up with, with uh, disinfectant wipes right now, but um, if you can get all the hand sanitizer, disinfectants wipes, make sure you got plenty of soap, Make sure you got plenty of paper towels. Uh, you know, I think those things are important. 
Um, really take a look at your pay time off policy. So if you've got pay time off, you know, you might allow some of your more vulnerable employees to take that. You know, you might allow people to borrow from their pay time off. So maybe give them pay time off now with the ability where they can, they can work it off later on. Business travel is pretty much shut down, I think, at this point. So, you know, if you're a vendor and you're visiting your customers, you might consider not doing that. I've made some recommendations to my clients that maybe they use Zoom and they have kind of a office hours part of the week where any customer can get online via Zoom and ask any questions they have about what's going on with their car wash. So maybe if you're a vendor, you might consider doing that. I think it's a great way to communicate with your customers concerns or issues. If they're still operating, you might be able to diagnose remotely. So, um, you know, think about using a remote tool such as Zoom, your, your phone cameras, whatever you need to do to, uh, to keep people, you know, in one place without traveling. So the big question, I think, Henry, would be what happens if you find an employee who shows the system of systems are knowingly exposed to COVID-19? Right, right. What do we do in those situations, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go through the list or? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and go through that? I mean, I, it's, this, is a, this is a tricky one, right, especially for us in very small work environment. So what is, what is Affinity HR recommending we do here? Yeah, they, the first one is they, they recommend you send them home, right? You have a right and a responsibility to protect your other employees and protect your customers yep. by sending an obviously sick person home. You, you can't have them at the car wash, just cannot do that or at your business. And I think that's a good, a good point to qualify there is it, it's our job to also look for these symptoms, right? And we could, it's, it's okay right now to assume that they are sick. We're not saying we're diagnosing you with the virus, Mr. and Mrs. Employee, but your symptoms indicate to me you're sneezing, you're coughing, other signals, I'm going to decide you need to go home. Yeah. yeah. We have the right to do that. And like you said, the obligation to do that right now as business owners and as managers. Right. Yeah, I def definitely agree with that. And I think that's super important. You've got to have your work area thoroughly clean. So whether you do it professionally or you do it in-house, Make sure you've got the right types of disinfectant processes and you've got to clean the entire area and uh, make sure that when your people are doing that, they're wearing protective equipment such as gloves. You know, some of the things, things you would use in chemistry when you're, when you're, when you're applying chemistry or you're refilling uh, chemical reservoirs, the car wash, you might also use uh, when you're cleaning. So, um, you know, just, just make sure you get the place clean pretty well. You know, to talk to the employee, let them know what you're doing for them. So if there's any benefits available for them, if they've got paid, paid time off, if you're going to give them a little bit of time. My thought in this in the car wash industry is try to hang on to your people because they're going to be difficult to replace. And I know everybody's situation is different, but if you can find any way to hang on to your people, I think they would certainly appreciate it. The federal government is coming out with some programs to help you do that. But uh, do whatever you can for them at this point, right? I think it's our responsibility as business owners, as leaders, to do that. If there's anything they can do from home, have them work from home. So I don't, I don't know if that's capable or not, but, um, you know, have them, if there's any work you can give them while they're home, if there's any pro long-term projects you have that might be administrative in nature, that this person that might be able to help you with, you might uh, might see if you can keep them employed and get them to do some of those things. Yeah, along those lines, uh, since you, you mentioned that brought to mind, if we have to lay somebody off, they should, that employee, if it's an employee listing, and we should recommend to them, even though, of course, you know, there, there's a cost, but 
they should file for unemployment right away. I don't have any facts on this yet, but I suspect part of the relief that's going to come is extended uh, or other measures related to unemployment coverage. But that is a resource is there for people that can't afford to not have an income. So they need to look at that right now. In most states, to my knowledge, you can begin that process, if not the entire process, online to finally for unemployment. And then what I have seen some other employers do, perhaps larger employers that are offering medical benefits. In fact, I have a friend uh, who got furloughed is the term they're using, and they're in the hospitality industry. He's still being paid one day a week because that allows him to still get the health insurance coverage which would be catastrophic if they lost, obviously. So, so a lot of employers are taking that route as well. And so those are just ideas for you to think about and consider if the employees that you have to lay off or furlough are depending on medical, there might be ways that you can still uh, reduce their hours and they continue to get their benefits, right? Right. Uh, right. So I'm seeing that. Uh, I'm seeing people use the term furlough instead of, instead of layoff to kind of minimize the stigma, which uh, amongst all of the things, as we said at the outset, the, the mindset of this and, and helping people with their mental health is an important part of this whole thing. And we as leaders have that responsibility, as you articulated when we started this conversation. Right. Yeah. So do, you know, do, do whatever you can for them. I would lean on the side of maybe you're not going to make much money this month, but right. go ahead and, and lean on the side of, of doing that couple other things here and then I'll, you know you should go to the website i'm not going to read all this but um one of the other things i think is remind the employee they're prohibited from moonlighting while they're on leave so they can't take another job that's not been previously approved or conflicts with company business they're and if they're sick they shouldn't be doing it so just remind them they've got an obligation to their employees and to their family to stay home uh especially if they're sick or they they feel like they might might have been exposed to it so, uh, you know, just, just, just remind them of that. And you can also require a doctor's notes, um, releasing the employee to come back to work. So if they're off for an extended time, you know, they should go to their healthcare provider, get a note that they're well before they come back. All right. So along other ways that we need to start looking at how we're going to mitigate the impact of this on our business, I, I mentioned the Small Business Administration, another good site to go to for information, sba.gov. The SBA has had and now will implement specifically in this situation what's called an Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. And these are a series that they will work directly with the state. So it's state by state. There's a current list of which states are currently uh, covered. But Unfortunately, it'll probably be all states that are affected here. And so what happens is the SBA will offer low interest loans to small businesses and nonprofits that have been severely impacted by the coronavirus. And I'm not going to get into the details as to what qualifies. You can read that information. I'm going to hopefully have an expert come on and talk here soon on one of the episodes about how that program works in more details. But again, it's the SBA's Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, which provides small businesses with working capital loans of up to $2 million, and that can provide that vital economic support to a small business to help you get through this period of time. So that's something out there. If you are foreseeing that you're going to need some cash to get through this to cover any combination of expenses, I would actively start looking into this now and talking to your banker uh, and other resources to get at least educated on whether this might be an option for you. 
are related to that. If you have a business loan, you should be in contact with your bank as soon as possible to start at least that conversation of what your options might be. It's early. There's a lot that we have to see as to what comes with this package that the Senate and Congress are reviewing right now. And hopefully we'll have something in clarity there soon. Uh, for us, for example, at, at our Topic shop, we will probably likely be in contact with our landlord soon about what we might be able to do there in the way of rent, either pushing out some rent, adding it to the end of the lease, lots of options there that we might be able to negotiate to help us get through this period of time. Some of us might have business interruption insurance, so you need to talk to your uh, commercial insurance broker about that. So you should probably look into that to see if you do or don't have that uh, as something that you can tap into. We talked about furloughs instead of layoffs, but layoffs if we need to. So those are some of the other things that come to mind, David. Anything else that, that you thought about that I should be thinking about as a small business owner as it relates to mitigating the financial impact this is going to have on my small business? No, I agree with your assessment to start talking now and talk to your banker. If you've got a line of credit, just make sure that line of credit is okay. See if you can increase that line of credit if you can, or if you need to create a line of credit, you might just go ahead and start creating a line of credit now. I know the banks were super busy last week talking to our banker, Henry. Um, you know, she was extremely busy last week with I could imagine lots of requests. You know, the whole issue of home uh, home mortgages, you know, rates have really dropped quite a bit. So a lot of people are trying to refinance, but also there's also, you know, businesses talking about when, what are the contingency plans. So start start having those conversations with your banker. And they can point you in other directions as well. If this SBA, they're very closely connected with SBA. You might have SBA companies that you've done business with. If you're a car wash owner, you know, call those and, and see if they've got any information yet on what these loans might be. That's right. That's right. And the, the communication point is is critical. And that's how I'll start to summarize in this conversation, Dave. We have to be, we have to try to communicate as much as possible, be as transparent as possible with our employees our customers and clients, our partners, our vendors. You know, these are all, the more that we talk through this, the more that not only are we helping each other through the fear of this, but we also can share ideas on how to get through it. Maybe things that I wouldn't have thought of that by having a conversation with you might come to mind. So, so have those conversations uh, as soon as possible and keep those lines of communication open. Be, be honest as much as possible and transparent as much as possible with your customers, clients, and your employees. Yeah, and just, just from a mental health standpoint as a leader, just, you know, making sure that you're taking care of your employees. And the other, other recommendation I was give you is, is everybody is feeling this. So don't feel bad if you're feeling the effects of what's happening right now. Just acknowledge it. And I think when you acknowledge it, it will take a little bit of the power away from it. So I'm feeling fear right now for my business. I'm feeling fear for my employees. I'm feeling fear for the economy or whatever it is. Go ahead and acknowledge that. I think it's, you know, if you spend a lot of time trying to resist those feelings, you're going to be putting yourself in a bad situation and you're going to be expending a lot of energy you don't need to expend. But on the other side of that, don't let that define you. Don't let don't let the fear define who you are as a person, as a, as a business owner, as a family person. 
you know, say, you know, I'm feeling fear, but I'm going to work through this anyway. We're going to come up with creative solutions. And if we all do that, it'll make a big difference with the people that, that we influence. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, this is the time, I think, to reach out to your peers, to other business owners, to people in your industry. I'll give you an example. In my wife's business, is uh, she's a travel consultant. So as you might imagine, her business has come to a screeching halt. Uh, even worse, what she's busy with on a daily, hourly basis is canceling trips, which means you know her business will come to a, a screeching halt from a revenue perspective This for the foreseeable future. And she, we were listening to a, a short, short video from a, an industry expert in the travel industry, and he spoke to how he saw a very similar thing happen, obviously, after 9-11, with it, when everything came to a halt in the travel and hospitality industry. And what he found is that those uh, travel consultants and other related businesses that kind of helped each other, that banded together, even if it was just to talk through these things, that, that those businesses generally tended to be the ones that survived. Um, and so I think it speaks to your point as well, that this is the time to try to, 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 not, to not hide in fear, which we all have a tendency to do. And some parts of the day, that's what you're going to do. And that's okay too. But to realize that, that we're all in this together, or at least we should be in it together. Yeah. And there, there's a couple things, you know, so that the people that tend to survive catastrophes and disasters, not that we're quite there yet, but the people with, with a positive mental, mental attitude generally, or this can do attitude, typically are people that, that are a lot that, that survive those things and thrive in those situations, but this will pass. So the important thing to remember is there, there will be a day in the future where this will be behind us and things, you know, and then we'll, as a society, we'll, work ourselves to getting back to what what normal is so you know there will be football games there will be basketball games there will be baseball games um there's going to be golf tournaments there's going to be concerts there's going to be people being able to go back to church there is going to be a day when everything will start moving back to normal so just keep that in mind and you know we've got history to show us that we're able to make through make it through these things so those of you who are old enough to remember 9-11 I remember when that happened, Henry, and I know you remember when that happened. You know, I knew things were going to be different after that, but you know what? We made it through that, and we kept it together as a as a uh, society. Yeah, and as small business owners, we went through it through nine eleven, as you just said. We went through it to some extent for some of us during the two thousand eight financial market crash when we thought that was going to be the end of the world. This is a lot different here, and that of course there's people's. Uh, lives at stake with with uh, with the health, so it is slightly different, but still, again, we're trying to keep this episode to to how it impacts us as business owners, but but we're people that are these business owners, right? And, and so I want to start to summarize it also with the point you made earlier. We have to we have to be careful with completely abandoning our personal health, mental as well as physical. It's going to be hard, you know. My gym is closed, so my routine. Uh, to go into spin class, so that that's gone right now. But but going for a walk, if it's safe in the environment that you're in, and allowed, you know, if you're in New York City, different restrictions. But where I live, I'm fortunate. I can still go for a walk. I can do some morning my morning routine that I used to do. I think the mental aspect, as you highlighted, is a critical part of this. And and as leaders, we have to do it not only for ourselves and our families, but for our staff and our and our businesses. Yep, agreed. Agreed. 
So uh, let's just wrap it up. Any last thought? I mean, my, my last thing and one takeaway at this point is that try your best as a small business owner. You, you got you to gotta have a plan if you don't have a plan already. This is not a big elaborate plan. Just what, what are we doing right now to either mitigate or reduce uh, my exposure? Uh, I have to get the facts. So stay factually informed. We've given you some resources here, which you may or may not have already had. Try to focus on the facts. Try to avoid, like David said, the, uh, the, um, the craziness around it, if possible. And, and focus on the facts. Try to stay mentally positive as possible. And again, that's going to be a daily battle. For some of us, maybe an hourly battle. And then if you need to speak to either of us, we are both available. You can schedule a free call with us. That's been something we've always had as an opportunity. But I, I really encourage you, if you're out there and you just feel like you need to talk to another business owner about what's going on or maybe what you're thinking in your business, reach out to us. You know, we'd love nothing more than to be able to be there for our fellow business owners in that capacity of at all possible. David, uh, last thoughts before we end the episode. No, I agree with that. You know, keep yourself together, sort of diet your social media. So, you know, don't binge on that. Be very careful where you're getting sources of information. Try to stay away from the rumor mills. Go to the sources like cdc.gov if you need to, or go to your state web pages or your, your county or city web pages to find out exactly what's going on. And, you know, you can, if you want to text me, um, and you want to talk to me, and I know, Henry, you've got the same one. So if you want to talk to me, you can text the word FOAM to 31996. And if you want to talk to Henry, what would, how would they get on? It's a biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. Yeah. So if you want to talk about small business, car washing, or both, you know, we're available. Love to visit with you if we can help you anyway. And uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, reach out. I mean, it it helps you. It helps us. Because it's good for us to, if nothing else, commiserate and talk about different ways we can get through this. Uh, so, so please uh, take that up um, if you just need to chat. Very good. All right. Great. Thanks, David. This is Henry Lopez. My co-host is David Begin. Thanks again for listening to this special episode of The How of Business. And this will also get released on the Car Wash, the podcast. We uh, release new episodes every Monday morning at the How of Business, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. And as David said, if you want to make it even easier, just reach out to me through text. Just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to reach me. To reach David, text the word foam, F-O-A-M, as in soap foam, foam to 31996. Thank you for listening and look forward to the second episode in this series that we'll continue doing to help us all stay informed and all work together to get through this. Thanks for listening. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.